So, um, text 19. After many, many births, he who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. So, in the... Um, The, the less intelligent people, they, at least in the Vedic system, they worship the demigods because the demi, through worship of the demigods, they get material benefit. So people uh, in the Vedic system, uh, because that's their <coughs> way of um, getting material enjoyment is through these they have awareness that there's people in charge of the different aspects. Like, for example, if someone wants a beautiful wife, they'll worship the, the, the goddess uh, Uma, the wife of Lord Shiva. And hopefully they get a beautiful wife. You know, that's what they're... They, and then so and if someone wants money, they worship Lakshmi or if somebody, someone wants... Um, Anyway, whatever benefit they want, there's a demigod for that. <laughs> Just like there's an app for that, there's a demigod for that, you know. So, um, this is the, so, in, you know, in the Vedic times, this is what they did, is that they uh, worship these different demigods to get these results. But, um, eventually, after what Krishna says here, um, after many, many births, he who has actually acknowledged surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. So, um, this is kind of ties in with what um, we were just discussing just before I read this verse. Um, it's like, People, they're, they're into material, they want to improve their material situation. So, because they're less intelligent, they worship uh, this demigod and that demigod. In other words, they're trying to get rid of this problem and that problem. The problem is I don't have this, uh, I don't have good health, so I worship the sun god. Or I don't have, you know, I don't have a husband or I don't have a wife, so I worship this demigod or that demigod. Their, their, their focus is on the material world. And so... Uh, they, this is like a, a lower place to focus one's intelligence or and their energy. But when a person becomes more intelligent or more advanced, then they surrender to Krishna. Uh, they worship Krishna. Because worship, worship of Krishna is not on the same level as worshiping the demigods. The worshiping demigods is material. And you only get material benefit from that. You don't get anything that is actually real and lasting. You only get temporary uh, benefits. So, uh, and along with those benefits come all, a lot of suffering as well. Comes attachment and um, deeper uh, entanglement in the material world and the knot and of uh, material enjoyment. Or the knot is a is a. Um, Understatement, more like a knot, like in the Philippines. Is it like that in Thailand, where like the lampposts are all like, you know, like here we get the wires going one way and going the other way, but in the Philippines, it's like a, it's like a knot, like it's like a, it, it's like the size of like that, like that doorway, f full of wires going in every direction and then coming out somehow. You know? Yeah, so that's what it's like in this material world. It's a fucking mess. And, and all, all a person needs to do to get out of it is forget about solving all these little tiny problems. Is focus on Krishna, serve Krishna, and then all that stuff does... It, it might still even be there, but it doesn't even matter if it's there or not. Because there's something... Because now you have a transcendental life, a transcendent, transcendental experience. So you can uh, 
bypass all of it, just like Krishna says, um, crossing over the ocean of material suffering. An ocean is impossible to cross, but you can just simply cross over it by focusing on Krishna instead of the problems, you know. So, to me, this I'm 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 a simplest I'm a simple guy. I'm very simplistic, and getting into doshas and um, like. I don't even know all these different things, all these complex, the way someone is and isn't, you know, all the different body types and trying to line your actions up with your body type and this and that. I mean, like, holy fuck. That must be so complex because it is, it's, it's a big fucking knot. That's what it is. It's a big fucking mess, you know? So the best, the, the best and simple and thank God I have the solution is to have Krishna. <laughs> Just serve Krishna. So simple. Serve, remember Krishna and serve Krishna. And you just bypass all of these fucking stupid problems. You know? But dealing with that, with that, um, with those things, of the, you know, the, the whole mess of material life is fucking crazy town. You know? And that's what I was into before I was, before I started chanting. I was into like, um, trying to solve my material problems without Krishna, and it's there's so many layers and so many um, so entangled and so difficult to see, and it's like a you you know you think one thing works and it doesn't work, and then you get deeper into something, and it, it's you, you, it's like being in a maze, stuck in a maze or something that you can't find your way out of, you know. So, this is material life. It's a, it's like a dark maze that it's difficult to find your way out, or like or a knot or a big Filipino knot that you can't. It's impossible to straighten out because it's so intertwined and convoluted and mixed up or whatever, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, it's that Krishna says the more the. He who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me. Knowing me to be the cause of all causes, such a great soul is very rare. Those whose minds are distorted by material desires surrender unto demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship according to their own natures. I am situated in everyone's heart as a super-soul. As one desires to worship the demigods, I make his faith steady so that he can devote himself to some particular deity. Endowed with, endowed with such faith, he seeks favors of a particular demigod and obtains his desires. But in actuality, these benefits are bestowed by me alone. So, um, a person may ask, why is it that Krishna make his faith steady so that he can attain those desires. Why? Why would Krishna do that? Why would Krishna not just say, to, not just... Um, so they can develop, so they have that state, so in the next life, they already accomplish that desire, so there are less and less desires in the next life. Well, it, 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 can, <clears throat> it can work like that, but it also, if you chase after desire, uh, it's usually what, the, what happens is you get more entangled. So that desire didn't do it for you, so you need more and more. Like usually the case, for example, if somebody smokes weed, right? Most of the time, it's not that a person says, okay, I've had enough, now I can not do drugs. Most of the time, it's the other way, right? So, like, they, they smoke weed, and then that wasn't enough, so they do something else and, and something else, so they get more and more involved in the drugs, right? It's not like somebody shoots heroin as the first drug that they've ever done, you know? It, it, it gradually gets to that point, right? So it's not always... So that's not always a situation where... It's usually not that situation. Usually, it's... 
a person gets more entangled when they chase after a desire, right? You understand that? So, um, so the question that, so the question is again, so that's not that it's necessarily a wrong answer in the, in, because in the long term, a person gets tired of material life. <clears throat> what was the question again? So the question is, is that, um, why does Krishna, because it says here, I am in everyone's heart as a super soul. As soon as one desires to worship the demigods, I make his faith steady so that he can devote himself to, to some particular deity. Now, we know people devote themselves to demigods because of material desires, right? That's why they do it. It's not that, that it, the demigods aren't like Krishna. Like, when, when we're worshipping Krishna, when people worship Krishna, it's to have a loving relationship with Krishna. But when people worship some particular demigod, it's not to have a loving relationship with that demigod. It's to get what that demigod can offer, right? So, why does Krishna make it so a person has steady faith? If that pers a person wants to worship, has some material desire, why does Krishna give him faith in that demigod and therefore that material desire as their goal in life? Why would he do that? Do you understand the question? Does everybody understand the question? I understand the question, yeah. yeah. So why Krishna does that? Yeah, why does Krishna make a person's faith steady in that particular demigod? I already gave my answer, what I thought was Anybody else? Amari, you said because that's what they want? <clears throat> why? Why? Why does Krishna... Yes, because of free will. Because otherwise, if, if there was no um, faith in what you're doing, then there'd be no meaning to it, right? Like if you knew that the goal of life was uh, loving Krishna, coming closer to Krishna, loving Krishna, then you, would, you could not chase after those material desires. Just like after some time, some people come to our classes and they, re they realize that uh, they're uh, trying to find happiness in material things and in material life is a futile endeavor, right? They need, in order to be happy, I need to come close to Krishna. It becomes aware, be people that come to our classes become aware of that after some time, right? So... Uh, if you had that right from the beginning, chasing after goals and stuff in the material world, you couldn't do it, right? Because now you can't do it. <laughs> you notice how now that you know that Krishna is a goal, it's very difficult to put a lot of effort into the material world because you know it's not the answer, right? It's difficult now, right? So... If everyone had this level of realization in the world, then there would be no material world, <laughs> because there, uh, you know, the material world is the place where people can try to live out the fantasy of uh, trying to be happy without Krishna. So, um, in order for that to happen, there must be faith that you can be happy without Krishna, right? So Krishna. Because he knows your desire of trying to find happiness independently gives you the faith, instills within you the faith that you can do it. You see? But it's only when I I'm tired of this, I'm tired of material life, that Krishna allows me to, within my heart, gives me faith in him, gives me faith in devotional service. You see? So... You are actually the starting point. What my desire is, is the starting point. And then Krishna helps you along with that. So if you want to come to know Krishna, then Krishna will instill with you faith um, in your heart. Uh, in His devotee that can help you. And in Him. And in devotional service. And in Bhakti Yoga. You see, he'll, he will instill that faith in you if your desire is to serve him. 
But if your desire is not that, if your desire is, if your main desire of your heart is to enjoy the material world, then Krishna will give you that faith within your heart that that is what you should be doing. And there would be no meaning to free will if that wasn't there. He puts you into illusion thinking that you can be happy in this world. It's part of your own free will. So the, the free will of the living being really lies in uh, serving Krishna or not. When I don't make the decision to serve Krishna, then I go into the material world and Krishna gives me great faith in the material world. Just like there's so many people with so much faith in the material world and they're giving lectures and they're doing this and doing that, you know. And when you listen to them, you might get influenced by their... Because they have so much faith in what they're talking about, you know. And then, so you get... There's so many people that get influenced by these people that have so much faith in their... In that, you know, they can find happiness in some way in the material world away from Krishna. See? So, anyway, that's what Krishna does. He gives a person faith in the demigods. I am, so I'll read that again. I am in everyone's heart as a super soul. As soon as, as soon as one desires to worship the demigods, in other words, as soon as one de, um, desires material enjoyment, I make his faith steady so that he can devote himself to some particular deity. All right. Yes, it's possible. Because everybody has eternally, eternal free will. And, sorry, and that there's also such thing as offenses. That if a person commits offenses against devotees of Krishna, then they um, fall down from devotional service and get, fall down from devotional service me, me, means that they, they're Attachment and faith in the material world increases simultaneously. So it is definitely possible. So then, then they think uh, Krishna is equal to demigods. We can also <coughs> worship demigods. It's possible they think that, that. Yeah. Yeah. They see Krishna as an ordinary... They start to see Krishna as an ordinary person. It's only the de devotees that can see Krishna as a supreme personality of Godhead. Other people see him as a god or, you know, even when he was on the planet, there was only a few people that actually could see him as God. But most people did not see him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this is what happens is Krishna makes it so you, yeah. if you don't want to serve Krishna, he makes it so you can't yeah. see him as, as God, mm -hmm. you know, and you'll go out and say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> in doubt, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, generations, yeah, it's like, Brahman really means is somebody who knows that he's Brahman, someone who knows that he's spirit in essence and not matter. You know, yeah, yeah. and these so-called Brahmans, they, they think they are a Brahmin, like they are a particular caste. They don't even yeah, see, you know, they see that here I am a Brahmin and this is a Kshatriya and this is a Sudra, and but an actual Brahmin doesn't see like that. An actual Brahmin sees, um, 
actually we're all children of Krishna. So they get, yeah. In, in, India is like a lot of, there's a lot of like um, cheapened titles. You know, just like there's a, the title Goswami, which means the master of the senses. It's like a little class. It's like if you're born in the Goswami family. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree that the caste system in India was flawed and it was bullshit? Do you really agree, but he's still kind of identifying himself a different Yeah. Endowed with such faith, he seeks favors of a particular demigod and obtains his desires. But in actuality, these benefits are bestowed by me alone. So, the demigods, even though the... Um, the people in general see the demigods as equal to Krishna. The demigods themselves know that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You see, they're not in any illusion that Krishna is not God. The, the demigods know that Krishna is God, and that they that they are serving God with their with their doing, when they're little, all, they're all their little jobs in the material world, and um, when somebody's heart is is um, has a particular desire, whether they worship the demigod or not, Krishna is in the heart of the you know simple human on the planet and he's also in the heart of the demigod and he empowers the demigod to give benedictions to those particular living beings so actually um, all anything that anybody obtains is actually given by krishna you see yes Okay, so a demigod, just like there's in a company, there's president, and then there's like a manager, and then there's like employees and everything, right? So, or in a government, well, let's use a government example. So the government has the, the president of the United States, right? And then in the United States, there's like all kinds of departments. There's like the um, finance, or there's the finance, what's that called? The, the treasury, and there's the um, army, the military, sorry, the military. And there is uh, agriculture, and there's space exploration, and economy, yeah. So, so there's all these different departments, right? Like um, wildlife department and forest department, right? So in each of these departments, there's a, like a, a boss, Right, a small boss, but all of those, small those, all the bosses of each individual department, they are all doing it for the president. Right, the president is the big boss who's in charge of them. Right, so the president can fire whoever he wants and put a new guy in there. Right, so that those 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 little heads of particular branches of the government, um, they're all working for the the president. So, in the universal scheme of things, it's also like that. Like, there is... Krishna is the boss, the president. And then, there, and then there's all these different people, personalities that are actually in charge of different aspects of the material world. For example, creation of planets, destruction of planets, maintenance of planets, um... There is uh, those in charge of uh, rain, those in charge of sun, some in charge of good, your, your bad karma coming to you, some in charge of uh, like, yeah, good stuff coming, money coming to you, good fortune coming to you. So there's all these different. Um, personalities that are in charge of these, you know, these governmental aspects of the material world. So that's what a demigod is. 
and those demi the demigods. So people think that humans are like the highest um, species, <laughs> but actually the the devas or the demigods are above humans. Just like an a human can understand a lot more than an ant can, right? And has a lot more power than an ant. Can think a lot. Uh huh. Okay, getting back to the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have more brains than ants. So yeah, you admit that yeah. an ant, an ant, for example, can't figure out how to, you know, make a car or even or drive a car or anything like that, right? It doesn't have the power or the intelligence to do that. So. But what if the ants? <laughs> <laughs> they have the like ant rules roads under. Right. You never know. Maybe they drive in cars now. I don't know. This is like teaching class in Byron Bay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just like the the ants can figure out our intelligence, there's li- there's beings that have a much wider consciousness than us, and have a lot more power than us, and a lot more intelligence than us. Uh, like for example, like you can see evidence of that. Like, you know, we don't know how our body works really you know we're trying to figure it out it's not like the scientists have now said now we know everything about the human body no need for research anymore it's constant research and what is that trying to figure out what somebody else did right just like you have um you know the ants they might have like their own little scientific community trying to figure out what the hell that thing was that stepped on our house right (laughs) So, so we're trying to figure out with our little tiny brains how this all works, you know, and all these different systems that we have in our body and how they work and how that was designed and how this was designed. And we're trying to figure out the, the work of someone with a lot more intelligence than us so we can see the evidence of that, right? So um, that's the situation is that there's, there's living beings that create and maintain and you know, deal with different aspects of this world. Uh, and so those are called the devas or the demigods. So um, they are all working for Krishna. They're all work. That's what they're, that's, that's why they do it. You know, they don't create, our bodies don't get created um, f- for some kind of, you know, so they can sit back and laugh at us. They do it because it's their service to Krishna. You see? So that's what the demigods are, and so, and so, so 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 some of the demi so different demigods are in charge of different things. So you have some demigods that are in charge of like, for example, um, uh, wealth, riches, get you know giving people wealth and whatever. Because some people are due because of their karma. So there's some certain demigods that um, uh, make sure that gets carried out. Okay, this person deserves a million dollars. Let's find a way to get him a million dollars. So um, when people desire what's undue, to what, what they have that, that they don't actually deserve, you know, by their karma, then they worship that particular demigod. And you can get stuff that you don't even deserve by worshiping a particular demigod and pleasing that demigod. And he, will bes- he or she will bestow upon you special gifts, you know. So, so uh, in ancient times... People knowing this, because they learned it from the Vedas, they know about this, and they, so they, 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 they follow the different processes to please particular demigods in order to get these benefits, you see. But those benefits are always material benefits. The, the demigods, they, they, bene- they, they give you, because that's what they're in charge of, the material world, they bestow material benedictions. And so Krishna is saying that this is a, you know, all these, ben- all these material benefits are coming from me anyway. So this is what he said. He said, um, endowed with such faith, he seeks favors of a particular demigod and obtains his desires. But in actuality, these benefits are bestowed by me alone. Why is that? Is because Krishna not only empowers them, he empowers them to, give those gifts um, 
Yeah. So our demigods. So there's one demigod for the sun, as there always, and then one demigod for the money, as there always, or do they do they switch? <laughs> do they no. Switch jobs. <laughs> no, they they switch. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a post. You have it for some time, like you know, like the president of the United States is only there for some time, and then he he gets voted out. Or the names stay the same. Didn't you say that you can be mm. demigod if you really want to? Yeah, the names, the names, the names are like a title, like Lord Brahma. It's yeah. a title. So when do when do we have to switch positions then? <laughs> like well, they they all have di- they all have different different lifespans. I don't know that answer. Yeah. Like you're not doing a good job. Yeah. Find another job. You said that if you really want to, you can become a demigod. Yeah. yeah next I, but that was just like to, to please, to serve Krishna. You, you would do that, right? You would want to take that job just to be of service? Or is that a particular... Me personally? No, in general. Oh. Personally. Um, the, the, the devotee is, is, is attached to serving Krishna, not a particular service. Okay, really. So... Yeah. so. If that is Krishna's desire, then the devotee will want to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Any other questions on that? Okay, men of small knowledge worship the demigods, and their fruits are limited and temporary. Those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods. But my devotees ultimately reach my supreme planet. Alright, so that was pretty straightforward, was it not? Unintelligent men who know me not think that I have assumed this form and personality. Due to their small knowledge, they do not know my higher nature, which is changeless and supreme. So Krishna here is calling your friend what's his name unique Samir Samir he's confirming here that Samir is unintelligent and he doesn't know Krishna Can you repeat it again? so unintelligent men who know me not think that I have assumed this form and personality so what that means is uh, that Krishna they think that Krishna is a temporary form an assumed form, like um, there, Krishna didn't exist, and then Krishna, and then the, so they think that supreme is the impersonal Brahman, personal Brahma Jyoti, and then it came down into the form of Krishna, right? And then after some time, it was no more after Krishna after 125 years on this planet, then Krishna they think merged back with this ocean of light, and Krishna didn't exist anymore, right? That's what they're thinking. Um, so unintelligent men think that I have assumed this person, this form and personality. Due to their small knowledge, they don't know my higher nature, which is changeless and supreme. So Krishna's nature is that he's changeless and supreme. He's eternal. He's spiritual in essence. So Krishna is a spiritual personality, not a temporary material personality. You see? So, Krishna is saying this right here in the Bhagavad Gita. So, you know, this is, and this is throughout the Vedic literature, so many different places, it, is, is, it speaks about Krishna's being the supreme personality of Godhead. Um, so, so, anybody who, um, you know, makes statements like that, uh, it's not... It, uh, it is contradicted by Bhagavad Gita and by Srimad Bhagavatam and many other different uh, literatures in the Vedic lit- literature. All right? So it's a matter of kind of learning these verses. And when someone tells you something like that, you can say, well, what about this and what about that? You know? So if they have any respect for scripture, then they'll at least consider it, you know? And their knowledge of Krishna comes from Scripture. So how can they speak on, on Krishna and not, you know what I mean? Like, you either accept that He existed and He exists based on Scripture, or you don't. You can't, 
you can't take like oh Krishna was like this but uh, he's just like the demigods he's, he's just another demigod well where do you get information of Krishna how do you know anything about that it's in the scriptures right otherwise where is it how do they know it so um, you know when you learn the scriptures a little bit better then you can give you can show them this verse how Krishna says that and it's not just this one he says this over and over again in the Bhagavad Gita in many different ways The ba- there so many, are there so many differences? No, the Bhagavad Gita generally are, um, if you read the, San- the Sanskrit, is all the same. It's a song that the lyrics are all the same. Yeah. Um, people's interpretation of the words are different. Yeah. So, but the words are there clearly. Like, I, I think I explained to you once that, or I, ex- I, I um, told the story of my friend um, Narayan in the Gold Coast, I mean in Byron Bay, who we had an argument about this very question. And um, I, he, I said, well, you know, it's there in the Bhagavad Gita, like so many different verses. He's like, show me one, right? And I said, okay. And uh, so I, I, I think I pulled out two. And then, and then I remembered the... the there's one that was chapter 14, verse 27. I just remembered those numbers. So I, I said that one. And, it, and that, that one says, um, Krishna says, Brahmano hi pratistaham, which means, uh, Brahmano means of the Brahman, pratistaham means um, I'm the basis of, aham is I am, and pratista is like the source or the basis. So, um, you know, that's what it, that's what it means, Brahmano, and it's a translation, and it says, I am the basis of the impersonal Brahman, very clearly. And so he said, well, yeah, well, that's Prabhupada's one, that's not, you know, because he reads the Bhagavad Gita written by Paramahamsa Yogananda, so I'm like, okay, well, let's get it out, see if it says the same thing. And so we got it out, same verse, and the way Paramahamsa Yogananda translated it was so vague, but he couldn't get around the translation, you know, he said, he speaks about the Brahman very, very, very um, um, clearly in other places when it suits him. But when, when it doesn't suit him, he speaks of it in very, very vague ways. So he said, he, 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 it says Brahmano, of the Brahman. Okay, you can't get any more. But the way he said it was, I am the basis of that which is, um, you know, clear and that which is like it was just so it was so getting or dancing around what's actually been said it was obvious and even though this guy was arguing against me when I showed him the verse he admitted because he was he was at least had some honesty he admitted that he was wrong and that it said that you know so from his Bhagavad Gita and generally the Bhagavad Gita is, as far as I know and as far as I've heard, that the Sanskrit is all the same. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the, the translations and the, the way it's explained is, is different. And generally the impersonalists don't like to um, translate past chapter 6. <laughs> because chapter 6 talks, Krishna talks about the, um, um, more about the like, uh, yoga um, practices like and and consciousnesses of a yogi and stuff and, and more kind of talks about the Astanga yoga system and stuff like that so they like to translate that part but when Krishna starts saying things like this how the demigods are below him yeah. you know you're saying here people are worship, 
people people worship the demigods are stupid, you know. <laughs> like he's saying things like that, and then I am the source of the demigods. I am the I am the uh, you know I empower the demigods and so on. So so they 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 have a really hard time. They have really have to spend a, work really hard to juggle these things around and then it just starts it getting it gets so the jugglery gets so bad that everything just becomes very confusing and nobody understands anything and they just think they're not deep enough to understand you know so that's it that's what it comes to yeah yeah it's yeah yeah they, because the the words of Krishna are quite concise, and it's like even like you know even me when I'm speaking we you know we've only gone through three or four verses today I think yeah like four verses I think and it's like fluffing out compressed cotton like there's so much there it just keeps you know and so um it's a really con- con- condensed thing and there's there's a saying that the devil can quote scripture have you heard that saying before what is that? The, the the devil can quote scripture i think it's a christian saying that like you can take one verse in the scripture that obviously means something and change it around to 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 mean something that it doesn't actually mean you know by by word jugglery yeah yeah, so that's what they do in there. So that's why Bhaktivedanta called it the Bhagavad Gita as it is, because people were taking the Bhagavad Gita and just trying, just like, you know, changing the meanings and like little snakes in there just doing what they wanted. They're using the Bhagavad Gita to, they have, basically, they have a philosophy and they're trying to use the Bhagavad Gita to further their philosophy. You see, because if they, you, you might ask, well, why would they do that? Why don't they just. Why, why, why don't they just say their philosophy without using the Bhagavad Gita? And the answer is because if, if, they don't get, if they don't use scripture to back up what they're saying, no one's going to take them seriously. You see? So they take, they take scripture and they try to use it to further their own philosophy. So, uh, which goes against the spirit of the Bhagavad Gita, which is meant to be uh, uh, passed down through the subject succession. Not... Take, having a philosophy, then using it to, you know, say what you want to say, right? So, um, let's just maybe read one or two more here. I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them, I'm covered by my creative potency. And so the deluded world knows me not, who am unborn and infallible. So... Um, to those foolish and unintelligent, meaning those, those the, the worshippers of the demigods, the, the desires of uh, material enjoyment, as the their primary desire of their heart, he is covered by th- those people are covered by Maya, so they cannot, um, so they become deluded and they don't they can't see Krishna who is uh, unborn. And infallible. And so, anyway, Krishna goes on. We we can read the rest later, I guess. But um, all right. Was, is everybody satisfied? Um, I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For for them, I am covered by my e- eternal creative potency. And so the deluded world knows me not, who am unborn and infallible. Yeah. Okay. Well, the only people, the 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 the, 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 the
the only people that know Krishna are those who love Krishna. And the only those who love Krishna are the ones who love to serve Krishna. Because it's one and the same. You can't, there's only one way you can know Krishna is if you love Krishna. And there's only one way you can come to love Krishna is if you're attached to serving Krishna. <laughs> you see? So, um, those who don't want to serve Krishna, who, in other, and when you don't want to serve Krishna, what automatically happens is, is that you want to be Krishna. In other words, you want to be in Krishna's position of being the served. You want to be the one who everybody is serving. And to those people, they have no entrance into Krishna. They cannot see Krishna. They cannot know Krishna. They are covered by Maya. And they're trying to, as we were saying before, uh, they have strong faith in uh, material enjoyment. So um, Krishna covers their... Krishna covers them. So they don't, they don't see Krishna. And they see material energy as being real. Just like when we try to talk to people... Um, like for example your brother or something like that like um, they see material enjoyment as being very real right like they see that as something that's very real and you speak to them about Krishna and it's like yeah right no see it's like because of their desire to enjoy the world they can't see Krishna even though Krishna is right in front of them you know even though it's so it's so, you know, his names are there, his pictures there. They can't see because they're desired to enjoy the material world. Krishna covers their eyes. So there's nothing you can do, <laughs> you know. You, you, are you stronger than Krishna's potency of maya? It's only by Krishna's mercy that a person can come to know Krishna and, and the cloud of illusion can be dispersed enough to think that even if Krishna is a possibility of being real. So, um, so I'll read it one more time. I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them I am covered by my eternal creative potency, Maya. And so the deluded world knows me not. So practically the whole world doesn't know Krishna. The deluded world knows me not. Who am unborn and infallible. What's that? Who am? Who am. Like, who am means like the, me who am unborn and, un, or, and infallible. You understand? It's, it's, it's He's describing himself. Okay. Yeah. So the next verse, he says, O Arjuna, as a Supreme Personality of Godhead, now this is another, see, it's another point that you can bring to Samir. I know everything that has happened in the past, all that is happening in the present, and all things that are yet to come. I also know all living entities, but me no one knows. So, Srila Prabhupada gave an example one time while giving a commentary on this verse uh, that sometimes that, um, you know, these impersonalists, they try to say that they are Krishna incarnated. Like such as Sai Baba and these guys, that there's or or um, Bhagavan, they call themselves Bhagavan Rajneesh. you know, like Bhagavan Sri Krishna means the Bhagavan means the God. It means God, <laughs> the supreme, the highest aspect of God. Um, this guy Osho, or is it? He used to be called Rajneesh. He called himself Bhagavan Rajneesh, right? And so, one of the, the um, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, that one of the qualities of, he says, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, in other words, as Bhagavan, I know everything that has happened in the past, all that has happened, all that is happening in the present. So, right now, we're aware of what's happening 
some of what's happening in this room, but very little of it, right? There's so many microbes and stuff that we have no idea what they're doing right now. We don't even know what's going on in, the, in our brains, right? What molecules, what, what, what our, does anybody even know what our brain even looks like? You know, what our insides look like? We have no idea what's going on in there, let alone... There's, you know, there's all these wars going on with like red blood cells and white blood cells and stuff that's going on in there, right? Krishna knows all of that. He knows every little red blood cell and every little white blood cell and everybody's body and everything and whatever they're doing at every, any moment. Not only what they know, what they're doing at this moment now, but what they did a trillion and a half point five six seven three years ago in every, every single person's body. And then... Everything that's going to happen in the future with every living entity, all living entities. Um, so, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and he says, I also know all living entities. He knows, he knows all living entities, every living entity, he knows them. And then he says, but me, no one knows. So, uh, you know, that's one little test you can do with when somebody says that they're God, right? You can say, okay, well, God says here that he knows all living beings. So what did I do, you know, seven years ago? And what am I going to do tomorrow at this time, right? And what is that fish in the ocean over there doing right now that, that we can't even see, you know? That's a good test, you know? What chapter is this? This is... Uh, <laughs> This is chapter 7, verse um, 27. 26, 26. 